Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, <laughs> wonderful, super intelligent, hardworking Mickey and Minnie Mouse loving wife and co-host Michelle. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. And uh, and I want to send out a shout of admiration for you for all the wonderful things you do and how brave and strong you were with round two of a COVID vaccine. Uh I wasn't that brave or that strong, but thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that. I did, yes, get my round two, my second dose of the Moderna COVID vaccine. I got that on Friday and, uh, you know, kind of went through the rigmarole yesterday. It wasn't that bad for me. Uh, I got a little lucky in the the symptoms. I had a little bit of a... Uh, some pain, a small fever last night, but it really wasn't that bad. So um, I kind of made it through. And I, I'll have to say, we did hear something about uh, that possibly. Now, again, this is not a medical thing. We just heard rumors <laughs> that maybe some Gatorade before right. you t- get the shot, some Gatorade after you get the shot on your second dose might help you. I did that. My symptoms were much lower than yours. Right, so, so, you know, your mileage may vary, but you may <laughs> want to, if you are going to get the uh, vaccine and get your second shot, you may want to take that into account. Right. It, it, I guess it can't hurt. It can't hurt, you know. And Unless like you're I diabetic, said, but. I, that's true. <laughs> can't guarantee anything. And we right. don't know if it's the electrolytes, the potassium, whatever that's within Gatorade, or if it does nothing at all and it's just all in our minds. Um, but again, what what could it hurt? Right. To, you know, exactly. again, to to give that a shot, and it worked for me. But well, it seemed to work for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Since I didn't do it and I suffered, so. But you're also stronger than me. <laughs> I so. am not, yeah. but you are way way stronger <laughs> than me. But I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. So, uh, by the way, we are recording this episode on Sunday, March fourteenth, two thousand twenty twenty one. Happy Pie Day! Happy Pie Day! Yes, I like pie. Pie is nice. It is. Pie is good. What? Tell me, there's a bad pie out there. Come on. Uh, probably not. No, not that I. Not none that comes to mind. And, <laughs> but beware the Ides of March. No, so. thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, pie Day three one four three point one four, which is pie. Right. For the geeks like us out there. <laughs> so uh, that's why it is National Pie Day. And everybody's taking it from the math term to like, you know, I'd like a slice of pie. Right. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Why I mean, wouldn't it all you? goes back to food. Pie is good. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, you will have the opportunity to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. It's just another way to be kind of in touch with us be more in the Hyperion Adventures podcast. No more in our world. We kind of get some things out there to you early for those of you who have signed up for the newsletter. But we just, you know, enjoy being more involved with you. And another way that we enjoy being involved with you is out on social media. Please follow us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. We are putting a lot of these episodes out there on YouTube for you to enjoy that way as well. Now, last week's episode 
was more of a simple video in that we did not actually videotape ourselves or I did not do a lot of editing to it. It was pretty much the title card and the audio for this podcast. And this week is probably going to be the same thing. Now, there's a reason for that, and we can't really discuss it right at this moment. We have some things going on. Just that projects. That are taking up, taking up a lot of my time that I don't have to put into the video editing. But we will have that out there if you prefer to kind of listen to this podcast through YouTube. And we will return eventually to um, putting out there recordings of us spliced with pictures that talk about you know what we're discussing to right. kind of enhance it and whatever else. It just We just need to get through some things that we're working through right now. Yeah. And you do a great job at supplementing the topics with some informative pictures and things. So that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, but again, if you prefer to listen to the show through YouTube, that is a way to, to do it. Still, these episodes still will be going up probably on Tuesday or Wednesday uh, through YouTube. Another way you can always be in contact is, is to hit us up on our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, whether it be questions or requests for items or just to say hi. It's always nice hearing from people. Mm-hmm. Suggestions of topics, uh, responses to any of our topics. Right. We are, we're going to have another one coming up next week that I think we're going to want some, uh, expect some responses for that you'll mm-hmm. be involved with. And we're looking forward to that. And one of the easiest ways to, to kind of be involved with that is by just hitting us up on our Gmail account. Now, as for today's show, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including the Walt Disney Company shareholders meeting took place mm-hmm. this week. And it includes a few interesting announcements. We'll talk a lot about those. And there's a new convenient way coming for you to navigate the Walt Disney World parks. We'll talk about that as well. And I believe Michelle is going to go over a topic we couldn't quite get to last week because our episode ran a little long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the food right. that can be found at the Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. And that's going to be a lot of fun as well because we're always hungry during right. these episodes. And you're correct. I'll cover some of that. Cool. So, <laughs> but let's get to our main topic of the week. So yes, this week's main topic is all going to be about the mice that started it all. <laughs> yes, the mice that started it all. Of course, the big cheese himself, Mickey. But also one, another one of our favorites, Minnie Mouse. And we're going to talk all about this. And because of the fact that I just had my second dose of the COVID <laughs> vaccine and I needed to relax a little bit over the last uh, 24 plus hours, we decided that you know Michelle actually didn't decide. <laughs> Michelle stepped up and said, you know what? I'll take this episode, do my usual wonderful <laughs> research that she does, and dive deeply into the history of Mickey and Minnie Mouse and explore their history, some of uh, the fun facts, maybe some stories. I'm interested to hear what Michelle has dug up for us <laughs> about the mice that started it all. So take it away, Michelle. All right. Well, thank you, honey. And, you know, I know that a lot of times during their birthday celebrations, a lot of information comes out about the history of them. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of people already know a lot of these things. So, what can I find that might be a little bit more unusual or lesser known tidbits and facts about them? So this may not be as long as actually some of our other deep dives, because again, our listeners are pretty knowledgeable about 
the company, about Mickey, Minnie, and their history. So it's just some things to supplement those informational pieces that people have already heard about. Makes sense because, I mean, especially like last year, last year, couple years ago, Mickey hit 90 and, right. you know, a lot of information came out about them. Yeah, I, I actually think that, uh, unfortunately, I mean, Mickey, there's a lot of been dived into Mickey. Um, mm-hmm. Minnie, maybe not as much as she deserves, you right. know, and so <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to get to hear some more Minnie Mouse stuff today yeah, as well. a little bit about cool. that as well. Cool. Yes. All right. So to start off with, I thought, why not find out Walt's thoughts of Mickey and Minnie or whatever. And so uh, he actually did an essay titled What Mickey Means to Me in 1948. And this is a quote from that. Walt said, he popped out of my mind onto a drawing pad 20 years ago on a train ride from Manhattan to Hollywood at a time when the business fortunes of my brother Roy and myself were at their lowest ebb and disaster seemed right around the corner. So I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting. And, and, and I know that we've all heard the story of how um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit mm-hmm. was stolen from Walt and Roy and really ha- had set a devastating blow to the company and the potential of it being the end of the company. Um, but it was this train ride that when Walt decided to return from uh, New York to Hollywood to uh, talk to Roy and maybe kind of regroup and figure out what next plans were. Uh, Interestingly, Walt did send a telegram to Roy, who was in Hollywood, just to let him know when he was arriving, like, you know, to pick him up. Um, And in it, he just simply indicated that he's, you know, when he's going to arrive. And here's a quote said, don't worry, everything okay. And, you know, it it just kind of showed the love that Walt had for his brother, trying to ease his brother, knowing Roy was the business side of the the company. Um, But we do know that at that time, the start of the train ride, things weren't all okay. No. No, things were kind of a mess. They got they got thrown for a loop for sure. Right, exactly. But, you know, we've also heard that on that train ride, uh, Walt did create the iconic mouse that would eventually become the world's most well-known famous mouse ever. Yes. At that time. Um, and so, you know. Uh, I still think ever. I mean, I don't think, I mean, you can talk about a couple other mice that are out there, but I don't think anyone is even close to surpassing Mickey oh, Mouse for and, sure. and Minnie Mouse. For, for sure. And in fact, um, in some of my research, and I'm really not going to delve into the marketing part of it, but it was interesting to see um, or hear from people who have gone to very remote places of the world, whether it be to, you know, research a film or just vacationing or whatever, and always be so surprised that they see somebody in a Mickey shirt uh, somewhere, like I said, even in the most remote parts of the world that you wouldn't expect knowledge of Mickey Mouse to even be there. Right. You have a little theory about that, I don't do. you? Yeah. I do. I, my theory is if you're ever, I mean, there may be some exceptions to this in terms of like if you're at a business meeting and it is business attire, but uh, in public, if you're in an area that has 20 or more people, my theory is somebody will have some kind of a Disney attire on. And that's all thanks to the the mice that started right, it all, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, kind of figuring out when did they start, you know, obviously the, the idea came during that train ride, but um, 
Walt started with a couple films. The first two weren't really considered um, big enough for distributors to take on. You know, we know the first one obviously was Plain Crazy, and Minnie was in that one as well. Um, and she gave uh, Mickey a good luck charm mm. for that. So, um, but it was the third film. The third one's a charm, right? Uh, Steamboat Willie that premiered on November 18th in 1928. Uh, in fact, that film was considered actually to cause a lot more popularity than the film that it was actually the prequel of, mm -hmm. you know, at, at the theater. So um, for that, Walt received $1,000 for a two-week run, which is the highest sum ever paid for a cartoon on Broadway at that time. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Walt Disney Studios, uh, with its small but very loyal staff, uh, were able to be saved and this iconic mouse was born. Perfect. Right? Yeah. And, every, and the world changed right there. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But then it kind of, you wonder, when really was... Mickey born like wh what is you know the birth date right so um, his official birthday actually changed uh, from year to year following 1928 release of Steamboat Willie you know and sometimes it was because of uh, different celebrations or promotions in in the company but um, in 1933 Walt proclaimed that Mickey Mouse will be five years old on Sunday October 1st uh, he was born on October 1st, 1928. That was the date on which his first picture was started. So we have allowed him to claim this day as his birthday. That's a quote. So okay. um, Walt considered enough. Mickey's birthday on October 1st, um, but that date really didn't stick. Uh, <laughs> like I mentioned, you know, with different promotions and everything, sometimes it was as early as September, sometimes as late as December. Uh, but in 1978, Dave Smith, the founder of the Disney Archives, mm -hmm. actually determined that the premiere of Steamboat Willie was truly Mickey Mouse's first public appearance, therefore his date of birth. There you go. There you go. There you so, and of course, we know Minnie Mouse, uh, who was also in there. Uh, was then considered born on that date as well. Right. And Pete, for that matter. That is uh, true. Pete is also in that <laughs> film. It's all their birthdays. The first Disney villain, Pete. Right. Yeah. Peg Leg Pete. Peg Leg thing. Pete. Yes. yes. So, good point. Um, so, is this sounding too like a uh, class, like lesson, take no, notes? I'm going to give you a stuff. quiz. <laughs> no stuff. quiz at the end. Uh, that's fascinating stuff, stuff I didn't know. Really? Yeah, sure. All right. So, cool, I'm cool. I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. Well, let's move along for a couple other things then. Um, so, Mickey first referred to Minnie Mouse as his girlfriend in a song from 1929's Mickey Follies. Um, the song's title is actually Minnie's You Who, and in it, the lyrics has where he says, got a sweetie. She's my little Minnie Mouse. Ah, cute. So, yeah. So that's where he, uh, you know, first introduced that song, which kind of has been linked to Mickey, you know, ever since. Um, and that song was actually co-written by Walt himself, along with Carl Stalling, who helped develop the Silly Symphonies. Mm -hmm. um, and then he eventually became the primary composer and music director for Looney Tunes. Mm. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is there a cuter couple? I mean, you know, yeah. obviously the original Disney couple, but they are just so adorable they together, are. Mickey and Minnie together, so in love with one another, and they just 
they're couples goals for sure. That's you true. Know? That is true. Yeah. And um, thankfully, the company continues to uh, recognize the importance of that relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, in Minnie, actually, her role has never been like a starring role. She's been more the impetus of Mickey and what he was trying to do. Um, so, but that didn't mean she doesn't show that she can be very independent on oh, her for own, sure. right? For sure. Yeah. And, and um, she's actually been in some of her own shorts, um, but not a, a feature film. Uh, and so we see that she can get along without Mickey. It's just that. They're, like you said, they're cute they're together. They're cute together. They're, they're best when they're together. But let, one thing I'll say, you know, and this is separate from the, the history and the you know stories you're talking about mm-hmm. here, is like when you go to the parks and you're meeting characters. Right. Like, and, and you have your choice of meeting Mickey, who's great. I love right. meeting Mickey when you're in the parks. But if you have the chance, but it's like, okay, you can either meet Mickey or you can meet Minnie. Right. You always go with <laughs> Minnie because she is the best. She treats you so well. She's adorable. She's she loving. Is. She is She is the best character. Well, I don't, I don't know if she's the best character right. to me at the parks, but she's definitely up there. And between the two of them, I'd meet Minnie every single right? day if I could. I know. I know. You know, and... Eventually, in like it was in 1986 that the company realized they really needed to recognize Minnie a little bit more, and they actually proclaimed that the year of Minnie in 1986. Nice. So they kind of gave her that recognition. She also has a star on the Hollywood yeah. Walk of Fame. I've seen that star, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so her and Mickey, as well as some others, but uh, it was great that that she also got that notoriety that she certainly deserved. And it's great how the they really have shown how she can become very much the fashionista mm-hmm. uh, and, and styling. And we love her, her clothes. Yeah. Oh, right? I mean, her outfits are adorable. They're yeah. great every single time. She nails it every single outfit that she wears. Exactly. It's perfect. I also love the fact that Disney recently, just within the last couple of years, uh, elevator to, you know, we've had Captain Mickey aboard mm-hmm. Disney Cruise Line since it began. Right. Now we also have Captain Minnie. That's a good point. Um, and that is well-deserved. I'm glad that we have a have Minnie Mouse uh, in a rightful spot as a captain of the, of the Disney cruise ships when we get to board again and right, when we boarded right. in the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Yeah. And I am currently wearing my um, Besame Cosmetic Minnie Mouse uh, lipstick. Oh. It might be called Mickey Mouse. Right? No, yeah, it's Minnie. It's Minnie Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> M.M. M.M. It's Minnie. It's got to be Minnie. Um, but did you know that Minnie Mouse actually had a boyfriend before Mickey Mouse? I've heard a little something about this. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, he was actually introduced in the 1936 short Mickey's Rival, mm-hmm. uh, his name being Mortimer. Uh, and he actually comes on the scene in that film, crashing kind of a cute little picnic Mickey and Minnie were enjoying. Um, but, you know, he does claim, he says uh, to her, well, if it ain't my old sweetie Minnie Mouse. So mm. kind of giving some recognition to that they were before a, a thing, a couple, and Minnie didn't dispute that. In fact, she actually kind of told Mickey at one point when he seemed to be 
upset about the situation that that he was jealous <laughs> so um but you know she quickly loses interest in that film when he and gets a bull enraged and actually puts minnie's life on the line oh my goodness i know so hero mickey saves the day of, of course. course he does of course he does interesting thing about mortimer right yes, is yeah. that uh go you, for you, it this is obvious this is well known history about mickey is mm-hmm. that uh walt originally wanted mickey to be right. named Mortimer and it, it's there's a little bit in dispute of of why it was changed but most of the the notes say that it was actually Lily mm-hmm. uh Walt's wife who said no that that name doesn't work you should try something different right. uh, try Mickey and Mickey is then ended up sticking right and so that's why it's funny that uh, now uh, Minnie's X was named Mortimer, right, you know, the right, villain. You right. know? <laughs> that name's no good. That's a bad name, Mortimer. That's the bad guy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and some of the things I was reading was funny. And of course, everything's true on the internet, right? But like how Mortimer was the alter ego of Walt. I don't know. I know. I think it's more like you said, uh, it was the original concept name for Mickey mm-hmm. uh, until it was revived and and like you said so much more has been said about Lillian being the the person who inspired the name mm-hmm. Mickey exactly so, yeah well speaking of Mickey and Minnie and names and etc cetera, etc cetera, let's get into some of the voices and the voice actors uh involved in these two iconic characters uh and and I know a lot of people already know that Walt was the original voice of Mickey he was also the original voice of Minnie Mouse mm-hmm. um you know he what he actually wrote about voicing Mickey is and this is a quote, the life adventures of Mickey Mouse have been closely bound up with my own personal and professional life. He still speaks for me and I still speak for him. Mm. So it's, it made sense. He was the founding voice of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, um, totally makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, but they did eventually get voice actors to become involved in taking on those roles, uh, especially as Walt became more involved with some other aspects of the company. So um, do you know who the first one was after Walt? I know I've heard it somewhere, you but have. I've, I've, I have forgotten. Jimmy McDonald. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So um, uh, he was the voice of Mickey, actually, from 1947 to 1977. A uh, long time, 33, mm-hmm. no, 30 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he had previously been the head of the sound and effects department uh, until he took over that role. Oh, so he was cool. already involved in the company. Um, following him was Wayne Allwine mm-hmm. from 1977 to 2009. Um, and he also was in the sounds effect department prior to getting that role. Um and I actually have a little story to share about him later on in oh, this okay. episode. Cool. So, um, but currently there are actually two voice characters for Mickey Mouse. Really? Yeah. So uh, one is Brett Iwin. Mm-hmm. And He's the one that I, I know of. Right. Yeah. Right. So he took on uh, in 2009 after Alwyn's, Alwyn's uh, passing. Uh, he was supposed to be the understudy, but he actually never did get to meet oh. um, Mr. Allwine. He first recorded Mickey's dialogue for actually Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. And he's also done voices for Mickey on the Disney on Ice celebrations and Disney live rock and roll show. 
Um, and he can also be heard on one of our favorite attractions, which is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority mm-hmm. People Mover. That's right. Right. So there is a point in there uh, as you're going through Star Traders that Mickey responds to the the dialogue was saying, that's right, it's out of this world, <laughs> which is really a poor mini Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and um, the other voice actor for Mickey right now is Christopher Diamantopoulos. And he is a actor and voice actor. Uh, he's also done some voice acting for Disney through DuckTales uh, at their reboot that mm. is currently going on. So um, those two kind of are taking the role. He, he stepped in in uh, 2013 and is also still currently a voice of Mickey Mouse. Interesting. I had no idea that there was a second voice. I knew of uh, Brad Iwan, but uh, I did not know of the... I'm sorry. I, 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 I'll let you pronounce his name because I can't <laughs> yeah. recall it. Diamantopoulos. Good enough. It's a Greek name, and I'm... Sorry if I said it wrong. No, I'm, I, I had no idea. And I think that's very fascinating. Yeah, right, they right. Have two guys doing it right now. Right. And um, it, it wasn't really clear in a lot of the things I was researching is how they distinguish that which who will do what for what. Um, I know that they that what I did read is Christopher's voice is more synchronized to sounding like Walt's original voice mm. of Mickey Mouse. Um so um, that was just something I saw out there. I don't know, you know, if that is actually true, but that is what, what I did read. So. Cool. And that actually um, Brett Iwin did have some issues with the tone of his voice and how it did need to get adjusted for some of the sounds of Mickey's. So, um, all right. Next is Minnie Mouse, right? Nice. So yes. Again, uh, Walt was her original voice, uh, as well as some other staff members uh, from the Disney Studios. Uh, but in the early 30s, and I hope I say her name right, um, Marcellite Garner from the Ink and Paint Department took over. Um, and uh, she was succeeded by some other department staff until Rusi Taylor, who I think mm-hmm. was the most well-known and more consistent voice for Minnie Mouse, took over. And she had that role for 33 years. Yeah, long time. Right. Yeah. Uh, until she passed away in 2019. And so now currently, Caitlin Robrock is who is also an established voice actor and has done some things for Disney uh, and born here in San Diego. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Since she provides the voice for Minnie Mouse. Nice. The local girl's doing well. I know oh, it. Yeah. I know it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, have you ever wondered the story behind the relationship of these two mice? I always, that's, I think about it <laughs> often at night. So what is the story behind the relationship of Mickey and Minnie Mouse? How did they meet? How did they get together? Are they married? I need to know. Okay. So, and I have an answer to, for you, at least in terms of their relationship. And this actually comes from Walt again himself. So in September 30th, uh, in the year 1933, uh, an, an issue of the film pictorial magazine came out where Walt Disney addressed that very topic. Mm. And here's a quote from him. In private life, Mickey is married to Minnie. A lot of people have written to him asking this question because sometimes he appears to be married to her in the films and other times still courting her. What is really amounts to is that Minnie is, for screen purposes, his leading lady. 
If the story calls for a romantic courtship, then Minnie is the girl. But when the story requires a married couple, then they appear as man and wife. In the studio, we have decided they are married already. Yeah, and that's so. I, I, that kind of makes sense, you know, that they are, you know, when you... There are actors who get off the screen and they right. are out there. They're married to one another, but they get on the screen. Sometimes they have to be attracted to other people. That never happens with Mickey and Minnie. They're always attracted to each other. Right. But you still needs to play that role of, you know, hey, we're going through this. It's a date night. We're not quite sure how the relationship is going. But when they get home into the night, they're right. in love just like any other married couple. Exactly. So I loved how Walt kind of framed it. It's just, yeah, they are, you know, she'll yeah. play the role that is written into the storyline. And But in real life, they're married. Yes. So cool. So cool. Yes, of course. And they should be. Exactly. They're perfectly matched for one another. Exactly. So um, before I wrap up, anything else you want to kind of bring up about Mickey and Minnie? No, I think I've brought up a few things already that I was I've yeah. been thinking about. But uh, no, that was uh, it was good information here. A lot of stuff I had no idea of. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I just kind of want to finish off with a couple other little tidbits, you know, kind of more focused on how these two actually just transcend the actual characters that they play or that we see them as, you know, whether it be cartoon characters or characters in the parks or any of the Disney locations. Um, so one of them, though, is the first one. And, and it, it kind of, it's a simple concept, but it, it if you think about it, it means a lot. These two characters really allow anybody at any age to really touch the child within themselves and I don't care how cool a teenager is when Mickey and Minnie are around they melt and yeah. they want to get a picture with them or you know and they're they feel free to be a kid again mm -hmm. and we can like we like I said we can say that about any age you know and obviously the the little ones the younglings adore these characters as well but it's just amazing how their heart really brings out for anybody that goes around them, that joy and happiness of feeling like a child again. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree. That's the way I feel. That's for sure. Whenever they're around, it's like, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm starstruck. Right. Uh, right. Both exactly. Them, you know, I love them both. They're both adorable. They treat you very well whenever you meet with them. I but know. you know, it's like, I'm like, hey, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an, I know, you just I'm get an. like silly yeah. giddy, right? Yeah. I can't believe it's Minnie. I can't believe it's Mickey. I'm I so know. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Um, Walt's wife, Lillian actually admitted after he passed away that she really struggled seeing any of the, uh, the cartoons, the early cartoons, because Mickey really did remind her of Walt and mm. the personality of Walt uh, she saw in Mickey. So that was, you know, kind of a touching story. Um, and finally, the most romantic piece of trivia that I came across was the fact that um, the voice for Minnie, which was, as I said, Rusie Taylor, uh, actually married the person who did the voice for Mickey, which was Wayne Allwine. Um, and it's just so cute that even the people doing the voice saw the love in each other and came together and just, got married. Yeah. It's amazing. I remember hearing that story a while back and it was just that I thought I was fascinated right? by it and how cool that is that, uh, you know, not only, you know, obviously the, the characters were a couple, right. But, uh, the voice actors portraying them for so long, right. Um, exactly. were also uh, romantically involved. And I, I just think that's amazing. I, I know. think it comes through on the screen as well. Right. True. True. So anyways, so that is my 
deep dive into Mickey and Minnie. Like I said, it, I tried not to be repetitive on a lot of the more common information about the two, but uh, hopefully people enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, they're they're such fascinating characters, and you, as always, did a great job of bringing out a lot of oh, stuff uh, that I didn't have any. I mean, I I think I've looked into Mickey a lot. And right. I wish I would have looked into Minnie a little bit more because she deserves to be looked into. But uh, I think for Mickey's ninetieth, we did an episode that was uh, focused on him a little bit mm-hmm. more, and I kind of did some studying on him a little bit at that point, so I knew a few things. But you still dug up stuff that I had <laughs> no clue about. So Michelle's research is always the <laughs> best research oh, thank you um great job michelle great oh, job thank sweetheart. you appreciate it and so uh that's our look at mickey and minnie the mice that started it all we'd love to know uh what you think about mickey and minnie are there facts that you know that are interesting that you'd like to share with us um what do you have interactions or memories involved with meeting them or seeing mm-hmm. some of their cartoons or whatever that really have impacted you during your life do you believe in michelle's theory that somewhere <laughs> within 20 people on a, they're dressed casually there's someone uh, dressed in walt disney attire thanks to mickey mouse essentially or mickey and minnie uh we'd love to know all of this so please hit us up at our gmail account social media whatever it is so again michelle great great job thank you thank you and one of the things i did forget to mention is is something that I really couldn't um, pinpoint as a fact uh, through a very make sure a reliable source was that Minnie's first name may have been Minerva. Um, I did see that in a lot of locations, but none of them that I said for sure would be 100% factual. But um, that is something that has been tossed around as well. Another another interesting note, (laughs) another interesting fun fact from Michelle, whether it's a fact or not, possible fact theory theory (laughs) anyway uh that is michelle's deep dive again another great job by michelle thank you uh that is mickey and minnie the mice that started it all Yes, I love Mickey, love Mm -hmm. Minnie so much. So glad that you couldn't pick better faces of a company than the the two mice that we discussed here. And Michelle, again, thank you for doing such a great job. And and give me a time to put my feet up and relax (laughs) here as I recover from my uh, second shot of the Moderna vaccine. (laughs) Well, I I had fun doing the research. And uh, like I said at the beginning, you were much braver and stronger than I was. I was wimp wimp. Not at all. Michelle is much stronger than me (laughs) every single day. Every single day. She is much stronger. And uh, they're definitely the rock in this household Uh. for sure. So uh, let's get to the Disney stories of the week. We have a few for you this week. And I'm going to start with the Walt Disney Company shareholder meeting that took place this week. And it contains several interesting announcements. Um, You know, I I think there's still a lot in flux. So there wasn't a lot of Definitive things mm-hmm. that were put out there, but there was some kind of nuance, some things that kind of to get excited about that were brought up in this meeting. And we're going to talk about a few of them right here. Yeah. The funny thing about this, it, I was so involved with trying to get the link to watch it is that I forgot to vote. <laughs> That's right. We are shareholders. <laughs> and I forgot to submit my vote. I had the page up and I was like, okay, but first, how do I get to the link? Oh, well. oh, my goodness. I know. Michelle, we have to get you out there rocking the vote. I'm I know. You, exactly. 
<laughs> anyway, so let's get to some of these topics that they went over in the shareholder meeting. Some of the major ones. There was a lot of stuff kind of broached, uh, but just some of the more, maybe more important ones. And we'll start with something pretty local to us, and that is Disneyland is ramping up toward reopening sometime Woo-hoo! next month. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what CEO uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek had to say about it during the meeting. He said, quote, Here in California, we're encouraged by the positive trends we're seeing, and we're hopeful they'll continue to improve, and we'll be able to reopen our parks to guests with limited capacity by late April. Yay! We look forward to publicizing an opening date in coming weeks. While last week's announcement stated that theme parks may open starting April 1, the fact is it will take some time to get them ready for guests. This includes recalling more than 10,000 furloughed cast and, retra- and retraining them uh, to be able to operate according to the state of California's new requirements. I am pleased to say the response has been great thus far and our cast members are excited to get back to work. And this is also good news for the Anaheim community, which depends on Disneyland for jobs and business generated by visitors. Visitors, end quote. So, yeah, um, Disneyland, yeah, they're going to take some time to get this reopened. Want to make sure they get things right. But more importantly, this is great that all, you know, more right. than 10,000 cast members are going to have the chance to come back and work at the happiest place on earth once again. Uh, I know. It's just great news. Uh, you know, like you said, mainly for the cast members who are going to be able to re- reclaim their jobs there and for the public in general to really have some times to go back to some normalcy and fun and um, having that experience here on the West Coast. Yes, uh, and also huge news, as as, as uh, Bob Chapek mentioned there, uh, for the businesses around uh, mm-hmm. Disneyland itself. Now, if you only know Walt Disney World, obviously... Of course, it affects other businesses if right. when Walt Disney World was closed uh, in and around Orlando. But it's not the same as Disneyland because Disneyland is surrounded right. by uh, hotels and restaurants. I mean, just right there within right. easy walking distance. And they've all been significantly affected by the lack exactly. of, of yes. tourists uh, nearby and of course just people coming in from uh, nearby communities as well just because they haven't had the extra reason right. to be there so uh, this will be huge for all of them right definitely because um, even though there's a lot to see in in LA or Hollywood you know that location itself may not have more draw than Disney Disneyland there. For sure. So. I, I agree with that. So again, no, no definitive date was put out yet. I've heard some rumors of April, around April 8th, 28th, 29th, but uh, that's just rumors, nothing definitive yet. I did notice that, that they, a, an announcement came out from another nearby uh, theme park, Knott's Berry Farm, mm-hmm. that they're talking about opening in May, actually. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, really interesting stuff and just excited that uh, we're on the path to get Disneyland reopened right. once again. And um DVC announced actually before last week that they were reopening the Grand Californian at um, Grand California Resort mm-hmm. on May 2nd. That's great news as well. Yeah, so, so kind of all synchronized. Again, looked into it and tried to see about if there were any rooms available. <laughs> and they were, uh, they were pretty booked up solid right. at least early on. But uh, you never know. Give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, but that's all great news that more things will be reopening very soon. 
Very exciting news. Very Can't exciting wait. News. Very excited to uh, get back to I'm Disneyland, sure it's gonna, hopefully soon. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be quite an experience trying to get those tickets. Right. Uh, right now, they're saying that, it, at least to begin with, it may only be 15% capacity. Right. That is very low. Even if uh, Orange County moves into the other tier, an extra tier, then 25% capacity, which was what Disney, uh, Walt Disney World opened up at right. to begin with, um, it's still going to be tight to get, especially with all the people that are located in Southern California. California, um, battling for those reservations, I would imagine they'll be uh, to get in there. It will be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, sure. I mean, just like a, a taste of Disney, how that was, uh, you know, quite a, a challenge for people. I, I talked to several people who did get tickets for that and, and how that was quite a challenge. Yeah, you know, but we'll so. see when it all, when they get announced and uh, how the process is like. Yeah. But, uh, either way, just excited for, mostly excited for the cast members right. to be able to get back to work, but also for our chance to possibly get back there and visit again because yeah. we're really missing uh, Disneyland a lot. Now, exactly. the other big story that was officially announced, uh, it was an official announcement uh, that was uh, about a highly anticipated new Walt Disney World attraction when that will be opening. This mm -hmm. from the Disney Parks blog. Everyone's favorite little chef is cooking up something really big for Walt Disney World Resort's 50th anniversary because the grand opening of Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at Epcot is set for October 1st of this year. That's, that is the birthday right. of Walt Disney World. That's exciting news. Um, I, I know that it's... You know, a challenge when people want new things, you know, and so much was announced prior to the um, pandemic. But this is great that for the actual celebration, you know, all the parks are being involved and this is going to be an amazing attraction to start on that very special day. You know, I think it's interesting because many people are like, wow, I can't believe we have to wait so long for it to be open. But I think, you know, one thing I, I, I feel like Disney wants to get this thing right. You know, people have... I've heard some people complain out there mm -hmm. that maybe they rushed, say, Rise of the Resistance, you know, and it's had some struggles to True. begin with, with some hiccups and not running as well. It seems like it's running better now. They're getting uh, more and more boarding groups in on a day-by-day -day right. basis, it seems. Um, so, you know, let's get this thing right. And it also helps on, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of people there uh, for the birthday right. celebration. A lot of people are going to be heading to Magic Kingdom, of course. Mm -hmm. But this will maybe draw some people over to Epcot as well. So it kind of evens right. things out a little bit. And it is a big announcement. I think there are going to be more big announcements of things that are going to be open either immediately before or right, right. around that uh, birthday celebration. But they just kind of got to be sure, uh, know what things are going to be happening with this pandemic, how everything right. is going, how the herd immunity is coming, how the vaccination process is coming right. and everything. Before they can just say definitively, this is opening and this is opening and this is exactly. opening. So we'll just kind of see how things go. But back to Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Uh, they say in this delicious new attraction, you'll feel like you've shrunk to the size of Chef Remy as you scurry through Gusteau's famous restaurant on a wild adventure for the whole family. No height requirement. <laughs> uh, based on Disney and Pixar's Academy Award winning Ratatouille, the experience will be part of the newly expanded France Pavilion inside Epcot that will also open on October 1st. And that includes La Creperie de Yay! Paris, a new restaurant offering both table and quick service options. The menu will feature sweet crepes, savory buckwheat, jalettes, uh, naturally gluten-free, those are, and the authentic French 
hard cider. So looking forward to it. Well, we kind of tried to peek over the wall. If you go on the Skyliner, <laughs> you can get a little glimpse into there as you're going by it. Right. And it looks like it's going to be a beautiful uh, addition to the France Pavilion for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was reading how they were really, you know, getting into the details to make sure that is once it, it's open, visually appealing and makes sense within the um, the whole area especially coming from the skyline. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're looking at every detail of this to make it a very special experience for people. All right. And I, I, and if this is anything like the attraction in the Remy attraction, the Ratatouille attraction that's in Disneyland Paris, um, I'm not going to give everything away, but there are, it's a great attraction one, but there are some interesting things within the queue that you're going to love when you get in there. (laughs) Um, Some animation, some other things that are a lot of fun and will bring you right into the story of uh, Ratatouille. So, uh, And the attraction itself is a blast. Yeah. So um, adorable. Look forward to it. It's going to be a good time when it, comes open on October 1st. So maybe there'll be some soft openings before that. We'll sure. see. But uh, definitely October 1st is when we will have the chance to uh, ride that attraction. We were, we are going to be there on October 1st. Yes. I don't think we're going to Epcot. We are going to Magic, Magic Kingdom, Kingdom to celebrate yeah. the birthday there. Uh, but we are going to be in Disney on uh, in Walt Disney World on October 1st. I know. 1st. Exciting. Yes. yes. So. Get our hotel. Yes. yes. We're ready to go. So uh, a few other interesting things that came out of the meeting. Bob Chapek said essentially if things go right they're hoping disney cruise line could be sailing again by the fall of this year now there's a lot of steps that need to happen they even said i think he kind of said we need to be a little lucky on things right but that is what he's hoping for that by the fall disney cruise line could be sailing again yeah i mean that's that's great news um also obviously for the disney company but for other cruise lines and for people who like that type of vacationing like we do it's great that that is going to be something that we can again experience mm-hmm. in the future i did also see a, a posting by uh the uh, by disney cruise line blog who uh, does a great job with all things uh disney cruise that he's found a casting uh announcement you know like um you know people come in and, and uh, audition for uh, a job wow. with disney cruise cool. line they're looking for uh, face characters essentially for there. So the fact that they're bringing nice. people in to audition, right. um, start, you know, uh, getting, uh, you know, working through the process and everything now, it means that they feel like they're, right. this is on right. the horizon. Some real momentum. Yeah. yeah. And as we've talked about in some of our other episodes, specifically about Disney cruise entertainment that, you know, they really do take several months to, you know, whether they're, preparing for a production is getting people uh, up to speed with, you know, all the blocking and acting and everything. And obviously working with the, the most unique sets for, uh, theater that mm-hmm. you could uh, ever imagine. Plus just uh, just being out on the concourse, you know, guest experiences right. and everything else. I mean, there's so much involved with that uh, that you have to play a party and even when True. you uh, are one of these characters aboard a Disney Cruise Line, for sure. So uh, a couple other stories. They are hoping to reinstate the Disney College program by the end of the year. Nice. So that'd be great for a lot of people out there. I even uh, someone questioned uh, Bob Chapek about the fact that, look, you know, uh, normally I would have been available for this and I was looking forward to it but because it got shut down for a while i may age out of this by the time you reopen 
it um, could I possibly be grandfathered in essentially and <laughs> and uh, Bob Chapek said they're going to look into that so wow. uh, if even if you were possibly going to be aged out of this and you were interested in this program there is hope for you still nice. that this might come around for you we'll see about that and finally and in less than a year and a half after its launch Disney Plus has surpassed 100 million Woo-hoo! subscribers. That's amazing. Yeah. Far beyond their expectations right. of what Disney Plus would have done. So that's that's really great Really news. impressive, yes. So uh, very cool stuff that came out of the shareholders meeting this week. And there was more <laughs> stuff too, but those were kind of the biggest things. Right. And like you and I were talking, you know, outside of the podcast here is that, you know, they, they did have that um, shareholders um Day, the be- Disney Investor Disney Day. Disney Investors Day, yes, excuse me, thanks. Um, in that a lot of things were discussed there. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit less um, you know, of an impact with this set of announcements. Right. I, I think a lot of that was, you know, there was a lot of television shows, a lot of movie announcements mm-hmm. and you can kind of be more firm on those. I mean, obviously, we're still in flux with with COVID and everything right. else and the pandemic and and whether these can hit the timelines they're setting. But you could be a little bit more assured of that. Things around the parks, what capacity is, when they can start opening up like nighttime right. spectaculars again, parades, stuff like that. They still got to kind of pull back on the reins a little bit and be sure that, you know, we are safe. Everybody's going to be um, in a good position before we can right. start making definitive announcements about when those things will be reopening. But there are the obviously, point. we've seen the pictures, some videos that they're working on harmonious out there at Epcot. They right. are obviously working towards that goal. It's just a matter of uh, when they will be able to do it. Right. All very exciting information yep. for sure. For Looking sure. forward to all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, so moving on, there's a new convenient way coming for you to navigate the Disney parks, at least at Walt Disney World, and that is called Magic Mobile Service. So what is Magic Mobile Service? I don't know. Service? Do tell. Well, let's go to the Disney Parks blog because they'll help explain it to us. Uh, they say launching in phases starting later this year, Disney Magic Mobile Service is a convenient and contactless way to access uh, Magic Band-like features in the th- like theme park entry through the power of your own iPhone or Apple Watch or other smart device, uh, guests will be able to create a Disney Magic Mobile Pass through the My Disney Experience app and add it to their smart device's digital wallet. Now, it works. They say it works like magic. <laughs> Most features will be available by just holding up your smart device uh, near an access point, just like you did with your Magic Band, and then Disney Magic Mobile Service and its features will roll out uh, later this year uh, on Apple devices and then later extend into, you know, um, Android-type devices right. and other smartphone stuff. So uh, so now you won't... I mean, yes, if you can use your Magic Band if you'd like to, yes. um, but you can also just use your phone as like we've been able to do so many more things with your phone recently. Right, yes. Um, I mean, for, for a while now, but I know that right now in particular, they've really been promoting phone your phone use to open your resort door. Um, and like I said, that's been a, around for a couple of years now, but they it seems like they really are pushing it now and backing off of the magic bands. Uh, they also don't give a free magic band anymore when you do a reservation. They have some that you can purchase at a discount. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they're just totally phasing that out or what. It's still fun to have a magic band. Yeah. Well, they did say that, uh, you know, they're 
that as at least as of immediately, they're not getting rid of the Magic Band option. You can mm-hmm. choose whichever one you want to use. You can use your phone or you can use your Magic Band is what they say currently. Uh, and you can, you can even alternate between the two. If you have your Magic Band with you, you want to use your Magic Band, great. If you have your phone with you, you want to use your phone, great. If like your phone runs out of battery, um, you have that Magic Band with you and you can use that instead. So, you know, are they phasing it out? Possibly. They may be phasing out the Magic Band. Not sure about that. But as of right now, it's still going to be available for both uh, to use either or uh, when you're accessing the parks and when you're accessing your room. Nice. Yeah. So, so I just thought of a tip I'm going to give. So, Oh, is that what we're typing over there? Yes, yes. I had a different tip for today and I may still say it, but this one just reminded me of something. So. Well, we'll get to her tip in just a second, <laughs> but I believe Michelle also has some interesting information on some of the uh, food items that are at the going to be at the Taste of Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival are currently, we were actually going to post this, uh, we were going to talk about this last week, but our episode again was, we had two yeah. episodes in a row Very long, running a little bit long. Yes. So we decided to, let's skip that and move it to another week. So Michelle, talk a little bit about the food items because you know we're always hungry during we the show. We are always hungry during the show and, and now we're doing it at the latter part of the show. doesn't make it any easier, but um, you know, so just like other festivals that they've had, there are a lot of fun Fun activities to do um, and some great entertainment. Just wanted to focus on a few things related to the food. Um, kind of did like uh, an awards type of process oh, of okay. going through. So, is there a red carpet and everything? Uh, there was. Unfortunately, it was last week before the episode. So now we're just um, the post production show here. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> We'll uh, fix it in post. Right. So the most eye-appealing uh, dish is the avocado toast with marinated toy box tomatoes and fresh goat cheese cheese on toasted ciabatta. I'm sure yeah, I saw that it. picture of that. That you looks, know, looks great. Yeah. I mean, the avocado toast itself looks great. It's kind of standard, but they really adorn it with some beautiful, colorful, edible flowers. It's just amazing it does does shout flower and garden it really does it really does um so for meat lovers Mm -hmm. the meat lovers choice uh goes to the beef brisket burnt ends and smoked pork belly slider with garlic sausage chorizo cheddar fondue and house-made pickle wow i know a lot of meat i know cheese and all sorts (laughs) of stuff that sounds pretty good Um, so the award for best representation of the flower and garden theme show itself goes to the grilled baby vegetables with hummus cream and red pepper coolie. Uh, that is gluten, wheat free, gluten and wheat friendly, plant based. Um, and it's just, it is super colorful. It has, you know, uh, when you talk about eating your colors for healthy eating, this dish really represents that it's very, you know, from the garden fresh. So it has, you know, the grilled carrots and squash. And when you mix in the, the adornment of the coolie and the uh, hummus, it's just really colorful and mm-hmm. great representation of the flower and garden yeah. festival. Yes. Uh, really well done as far as the display there, at least from the picture that mm-hmm. we see. Uh, one thing they, t- they teach us in culinary school is you want to be sure to have um, so many colors on a plate. You need to have, oh. you, you, know, you need to have somewhere around five to seven colors on a plate is kind of what your, your goal is. Nice. Um, you can't have, 
too many more. Right. You can't have too many less. You don't want it to be all tan or all yellow. You know, you need it to, but you also don't want it to be so loud that it's right. shouting out at you in different directions. Uh, that is a great representation yeah. of, of, yes. of the plating they were teaching us in culinary school. Very anyway. good. Yeah. Nice, nice. So for an, the most exciting new dish award, uh, there's a dish called Off the Beaten Path. Um, it is, and I don't usually say this right, even though it's French, um, profiterelle, I'll let you say it. Profiteroles. Profiteroles. Uh, with red beet mousse, golden beet pastry cream, whipped goat cheese cream, and candied walnuts. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. So profiteroles are basically cream puffs. Right. That's what they are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is really, you know, beautiful. It, it does contain beets. So it's kind of cool that it does that. And it, it is, like I said, one of their new dishes this year. And it's, it's also very beautiful. I think they really did a lot. Um, they normally do, but to me, looking at the, the various dishes, I appeal was definitely something that they were working. Towards. Right. I mean, I think that we've seen that and they've been ramping up their game at the flower and garden festival in that regard um, for the last few years. And I think they're really taking, you know, another, um, another step from what, the, what you find in the, uh, the arts festival right. essentially. And we know how beautiful those plates are. Exactly. They're like, look, we're also the flower and garden festival. We're, we're all about beauty here. We need to make our food look right. as beautiful as possible. Hopefully the 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 uh, the taste will complement the sure. look as well because sometimes a dish can look beautiful and not taste as great. But, right. Uh, I think they Disney has really been ramping up their game, and I, I wouldn't shock me if these were all as delicious as they look. Yeah, I mean we were really pleased with the all the the tastings that we had at the art festival. I don't think there was one thing. I mean, there was a couple of things that were like, okay, it's okay. Right. Uh, but there was not one dish that we tried anyway, that we were disappointed exactly. with at the arts right. festival. So, right. yeah. Uh, so the grand returning dish returning from prior years is the blackened shrimp and cheddar cheese grits with brown gravy and sweet corn salsa. I mean, just talk, talk about wonderful comfort food, you know? Um, so, and for best returning beverage, they have the three daughters brewing maple bacon stout from St. Petersburg. Oh, you love that. I do. I was so glad that they have that over and over again. You love that beer. It it really, really is amazing. So by the way, if you don't know this about Michelle, Michelle is a teeny tiny thing. (laughs) You know, little dainty thing. Yet her beer has to be the darkest beer. It has to be the thickest beer. She, even even a porter, she's like that's like that's like Coors Light. To I her. know. That's not, to, not to just you know tell you Coors Light's bad, right? Uh, but it's got to be full she, flavor. She, like, it needs to be dark, but she does like hints of sweetness to it, like yes. chocolate, whether it be chocolate, whether it be maple, and the maple Coffee. bacon. That that beer is that, that is, is a really good beer. Special yeah. beer. That is so. a really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's just a taste of the flower and garden festival dishes that are out it's a, there. It's a taste of the taste of right. the Epcot <laughs> International Flower and Garden Festival food. Very nice. 
Thank well you. Well done, Michelle. Well. Michelle always has interesting uh. stuff to bring to the table, for sure, including a lot of great dishes well, to bring to the table here. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, obviously that's just, uh, you know, tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of great, really impressive new dishes and some uh, additional returning favorites. Yeah, and we're looking forward to sampling many of them when we get out there here in uh, a little over a month's time. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really excited to get back out to Walt Disney World for sure. So uh, that's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, well, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's wonderful, gorgeous, intelligent, <laughs> hardworking. She has the best food lists. She has the best <laughs> research. Sure. But she also has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, so I, I guess I, in essence, have two because one of them I had already prepared for. And Here one, is Michelle's tips <laughs> and of I, the week. One I thought of as we're talking about magic bands. So um, my first tip is really talking about, I know this is considered the Women's History Month. And um, one of the things that I, I found as I was researching the Mickey and Minnie is that the Disney, the Walt Disney Family Museum, um, and they've been doing a lot of great virtual programs, have two um, that are coming up that are, are really uh, focused on Women's History Month. So the first one, which is um, called the Visual Storytime, it's Star Wars, I Am a Padawan with author Ashley Eckstein, who is going to be doing that reading on uh, Saturday morning, March 20th. Well, it's, ele it's 11 a.m. at Pacific time, so I guess it's afternoon on the East Coast. Yeah. And that, and that is a, is a free, you can go to their uh, website and sign up for that for free to have her reading that book, which is a, a, such an adorable thing. Mm -hmm, that is really cool. It is. And then also uh, on that same day, on March 20th, uh, she will actually be uh, doing a talk and interviewed by moderator, voice actor, Brett Iwan, oh. who we just talked we just about, talked about from him. Mickey Mouse, yeah. being the voice of Mickey Mouse. So um, he will be, in, uh, you know, talking to her uh, and the topic being building an empire, creating her universe. Uh, and as we know, Ashley X Eggstein, why do I, I'm really having trouble talking because I think I need food, um, <laughs> you know, created that, that line and it, you know, it's really become an amazing and impressive empire as it's disca discussed there. So um, my tip would be to sign up for either or both of those. That one uh, actually is not free. It's $8. So, okay. you know. $8. $8 for a that's great... All, and that's to benefit uh, the Walt Disney Family Museum. Exactly. Right, so. And a lot of their... Um, they, they do uh, a lot to really promote the animation industry and especially young people. They have a lot of presentations for young people who are interested in, in the world of animation and, and how to hone in on those skills or how to enter into the industry. So it's really helping for that. And they also have scholarships that they provide them. So yeah. definitely a worthy cause. Really cool. And, uh, obviously, Ashley Eckstein, uh, a wonderful entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but also, you know, a great voice actress, the, the voice of Ahsoka Tano. That's right. Uh, discussing things with another great voice actor uh, in Brett Ewan, who right. does the voices of Mickey Mouse, as we discussed earlier, among other things. Uh, so that should be interesting. For yeah, sure. definitely. Definitely. So go to their website and you can get details and sign up for that. Uh, and and the, the other little quick tip I had, and, and this might not be 100% perfect, 
But so um, as we know, with the magic bands, their batteries will eventually run out. I don't know when that will be because I have some that are pretty old right. that are still useful. I always wonder. I always carry like two or three with me <laughs> just in case one of them doesn't have a battery that works. Right. And, you know, we have splurged on a couple that are really cute uh, bands. And so it's as we're talking, if your band battery dies, you can replace that inner part that actually has the the mecha- mechanisms or chip a little circle in the middle right. of the magic band right? right and if you look at um their their decorative bands that they they sell they that part is generally not colored in not always sometimes it is but generally it's just a color so a, a solid color whether it be you know red yellow green blue white etc so if you wanted to you could purchase one of the lesser priced bands if you're going to re- do a resort reservation and they're five dollars mm-hmm. and get it in the same color of that part in the middle so that you could continue to use your special one and you've also done things where you've kind of mixed and matched mm-hmm. so like say it's a red magic band with a yellow center disc in the middle exactly. etc uh you've you know, taken them match. out and to kind of complement your outfit so it's not just uh you know one color it's, right it's, it's 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 a variety of colors as you go through so um, yeah just other ways to kind of enhance your magic bands for sure exactly so, good and stuff. now how to add life to it michelle's tips <laughs> Always the best tips. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, My tip is a really quick one here. I just want to talk about like if you have a split stay coming at the Walt Disney World Resort, you know, that's one thing that you can take advantage of at the Walt Disney World Resort. Say you're going for an entire week and we all know that the weekends can be whether you're using DVC points or whether you're paying by cash can be a little more expensive. So maybe you use the weekend days to stay at one of the more moderates or value resorts instead and then you move up to a deluxe or a moderate or whatever was in your price range for the weekdays when they're a little bit less expensive so you may want to do that and do a split stay well you know to make it easy for you i want to remind you that you still can even during these COVID times Mm -hmm. have bell services take your bags from you and transport it to the next resort so you don't have to handle that when you're that day that you're switching resorts just pack them up, call Bell Services, let them know. They'll take your bags from you and they'll whisk them away and they will eventually be at your next That's resort. Right. Meanwhile, you can go to the, the best way to go between the parks if you don't have a car or you don't want to pay for a ride share service mm-hmm. or a taxi or whatever is to just you know go to the park of your choice right. that day, whatever you have a park pass reservation for, spend your day there and then catch the bus that goes to that next resort. That's the right. easiest way to get there. Once you arrive, let them know we're here. Are our bags here? If they are, they'll bring them right up to you. Of course, you tip the cast members right. and they bring their bags up to you. But it's a way you do not have to haul your stuff uh, with you. And exactly. Just, you know, just to make things easy, Disney is trying to make things easy as they can with this aspect of it, even during these global pandemic times. Right. That's a great tip, honey. And it's it's a wonderful feature, like you said, uh, whether you're doing it to try out multiple places or or mainly just doing it to reserve some funds mm-hmm. um, to have more fun yeah. then it's a it's it's really not, 
it's like you said, it's pretty simple to do that. Yeah, it's it's not difficult at all. And they, they do make it as convenient for you as they possibly can, even with all the stuff going on right now. So uh, definitely take advantage of that if you are planning a split stay vacation in the near future. Very good. Yes. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, we're going to do a topic that you have told us you really enjoy. Those are our five favorite episodes that include music yeah. as the subject yeah <laughs> so what will this week's magical topic be how about our five favorite transformational disney songs <laughs> so what does that mean <laughs> well, it's always up for you know question you can always kind of decide for yourself what that means but basically we're thinking it as songs that are used to show the growth or transformation transformation for a character or a group of characters right. uh, within a feature or a show or whatever it may be think of it as like a mon you know you, you some of those montages right. in some of the 80s <laughs> movies or whatever uh there's some of those within uh, disney uh movies right. and shows uh that will fit into this and i think it's going to be another fun topic to go through yeah i'm anxious to get into this one because there are so many wonderful things out there wonderful songs that like you said show the the transformation or the growth of a character and this will be really fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what all of you have because uh, again, I think this is another broad-based topic that some people will see it's differently than others and I think there'll be some really interesting responses to this. So I'm yes. um, looking forward to uh, getting your responses and sharing them on our next show. Uh, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com and while you're there, we would really appreciate if you sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. It's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We will be putting that topic out there this week, asking for your responses, and it, it'll be a link right there that you can just hit it. It'll send us an email, and you can tell us uh, what your transformational Disney's favorite transformational Disney songs will be as well. Right, and you can rest assured we don't do anything with your email address except send you the newsletter. Exactly. That's all we use it for. Another way to be in touch with us is on social Social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. You can check out some of these episodes on our YouTube channel in a more of a video format. Some will be with us. Actually, you'll be able to see us discussing them. <laughs> some are just going to be pretty simple, mostly just the podcast in a video format. But either way, uh, we appreciate it if you watch us there as well. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account. Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We sure love hearing from you. We also really appreciate if you can either provide us with a review or even better, tell a friend about our podcast. Yeah, the easiest way is just tell your friends about the show. Tell them that, that this is a show they may enjoy. You enjoy it. Uh, they may enjoy it as well. But yes, if you write us a review, we will share it on the air uh, on one of our upcoming shows. But And that's another way to help people. Once it helps us find out how we're doing, but it also helps people find this show uh there's algorithms out there and other things that we don't understand kind of like pie day um, <laughs> things that we don't understand that will uh you know just kind of let people know that if you like disney podcasts you might like this one as well yes. so that's it thank you for listening to another episode of the hyperion adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time i'm tom i'm michelle and we hope that you have a magical week